0: Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast. And now, good morning, amigo.
1: Yo, yo, this is Rashad Jennings. you listen to Slam Radio. We are
2: back. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go.
3: You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145.
0: How's it be? Duty. Cool. Great, man.
4: Good morning, amigo.
0: Not so great. Well, not with what's going on. Brown. It's great. At
4: the same time, uh, this needs to be heard. really needs to be heard. This message needs to be heard. I want to read something pretty amazing to you. I have to change one of the words in it because I have to. Am I missing something with our meeting, Frank, by the way? I'm not
0: No, not yet. I'm trying to listen in, but no, not yet. But I'm not getting in at all. Uh Thompson's room.
4: That's what I'm trying to get in. It's not letting me in. All right. I'll try this again. Um <clears throat> I want to read you something if you would allow me to on the air. Yeah, absolutely. Um What's going on here? All right. So I want to read you this. Don't. uh, It's important I read it to you. Let's just say that. All right. It is as necessary for me to be as vigorous in condemning the conditions which cause persons to feel that they must engage in riotous activities as it is for me to condemn riots. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the African-American poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. And it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice, equality, and humanity. And so in a real sense, our nation's summers of riots are caused by our nation's winters of delays. And as long as America postpones justice, we stand in the position of having these reoccurrences of violence and riots over and over again. Social justice and progress are the absolute guarantors of riot prevention. April 14th, this was said. Only thing is it was said in 1967 by Martin Luther King. Is that interesting introspect? Yeah. 53 years ago he said that.
0: And it feels like... I, I had thought, to change one said, word.
4: I had to change one word in there. I can't even tell you. I, let's just say I had to replace it with African-American.
0: All right. So I thought <clears> that <throat> what you were reading was something that somebody was like, had said yesterday. That's how relevant it is to the now. Like that it's still... It's still uh, Why am I not in this? Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. the meeting's over. It was a quick uh, attendance meeting. Okay.
4: Did you tell him I was here? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, continue. I'm, I apologize.
0: No, it's just it's very relevant to now, to right now. It's still, it's still, <laughs> it still fits. As sad as it is, it still fits. Yeah. But these rioters now, these are these aren't these protest groups.
4: Yeah, it's becoming evident. Like these because protest groups are
0: trying to do something, and they're making, they're even being out there saying, "Hey, we're just trying to be peaceful." And all of a sudden, the night falls, and it's like zombies come out. It was and one it, it that warmed I don't
4: know what city it was in. A protester saw the whole line of, of cops, and I think he might have been young, and he started to cry. And the officer came to him, and, and he told him, you know, I don't, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I just want to be heard, or something like that. And he was crying, and he hugged the officer. He said, Please don't hurt me. And I was like... Yeah, we listen, all I know is that I don't think violence and looting and rioting fixes anything. Um, but the perspective for all of us has to change. Even for me, it had to change a little bit. Um, only because I'm just not a violent and aggressive person. Only, only in defense of something. Exactly. Which then I've been told, this is what this is. And I'm like, okay, fine.
0: To myself, though. But
4: the whole universe of one, like you do that to me. I can't, as much as Gramps was Jamaican, I can't be in the same position. I can't put myself in that perspective. I can only imagine it and watch it. So at the end of it all, I have to take a back seat. I have to watch it and understand it and learn from it and be more open-minded about it, even though I think I've been incredibly open to- Dude, you know very well how my friends are. And some of them won't tell me that they're mad at me, but I can tell. I can tell by the way they're being with me. They're being a little standoffish. Which means they're not going to tell me, yo, what's up with that mask? Or, yeah. So, you feel me? Like, that's an uncomfortable thing for me. It's very uncomfortable for me. Uh, I don't live comfortably there. I live comfortably understanding I find that I find Martin Luther King's words much more soothing than anybody else's words and I'm not talking about just this this is not the first time I read something he said or read something he wrote and and go you feel me so perspective I always talk about perspective I, The truth of the matter is in part of that universe of one detox that I've done over the last few days mm-hmm. one of the things is the fact that I don't have the right perspective as much as Look, I shared a story with some family yesterday. I'm going to share it with you on the air. Okay. And if I've forgotten, said this story recently, you can please correct me. I think I was 19, Frank. may have been 20. Yes, I was 20. I'm heading, driving to Gainesville to go visit friends and a girlfriend. I'm probably about 50 miles into the drive, 60 miles into the drive on the turnpike. Uh, remember I started driving late in my life. I started driving almost at the age of 18. So long road trips, I had never engaged in until this girlfriend of mine decided she wanted to go study at the University of of the Gator. Because um, it's not a Florida. Florida's represented by many good universities. UF being one of them. I'm not going to go ahead and take my bias in football there. but Because that university is phenomenal. But whatever, I always have a thing about that. Like I think a place called University of Florida should be called the State University of Florida. That's how I think. it. So then there shouldn't be a Florida State University. Florida State should have another name. Like there should only be one of those, and they should be identified: the State University of Ohio State, the State University of Michigan. That's how I believe those universities should. Because the State University of Ohio, right? Was I said Ohio State? The State yeah, University of Ohio. I was, I was Ohio. Like
0: so confused. Okay. The State
4: University of Ohio is a great way of saying: out of the sixty universities in Ohio, we're the one that's the State University. This crap about calling Ohio State, this state, that state. You don't know what's what. No. I want you to name the state university of each state that. The State University of Florida. Call it UFM. That's what it is. If it's not, an if it's FSU, then Florida's got to change their name. Anyway, well, back to what I was saying. I don't know what So I get pulled over after being followed by this trooper. And notice I'm saying trooper, not an officer. Trooper goodness, Frank, probably it seemed like 100 miles, right? But it was probably 15 miles or so. Mm -hmm. He followed me, followed me. To get ahead of it, what I was doing wrong was I was going slower in the left lane. In my infancy of driving long distance, I didn't realize that in that left lane, the turn it was to pass it and get back in the right lane. He pulls up behind me as I'm in the left lane, and I slow down to 60 so I don't get in trouble. He follows me for 15 miles and says that I didn't yield I didn't change lanes, and I stayed. All of a sudden, deemed that I was acting peculiar, asked me to step out of the car.
0: Oh, that's always fun. So
4: here's the thing, Frank. I want you to understand now. So I'm, in my younger years, very much a beach and pool goer. Plus, people can, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I just don't do the beach a lot. I wear long-sleeve shirts like I am today. When I get sun, it... I get very very dark. It's just that's it's me. I guess my my pigmentation. So in my young years, I was always very dark. I can show you pictures. You were always like, man, you look darker when you were younger. Most people will tell me that. And Miguel spent hundred days a year in some sort of sun sort of thing, whether I was at a pool or you know I had friends that had pools. It was always the excuse was hit the pool. That's how you picked up girls too. Mm -hmm. Um, So. You know, I don't know if my complexion threw him off. I felt, though, like I was kind of being profiled. He sat me on the floor behind the car um, and took everything out of my car. Ripped out the back part. Ripped out. Looked under the wheel well. Like, when I tell you he took everything out, he took everything out. The reason I said this story is the video I showed you yesterday of the FBI agent reminded me of this happening. And all along, I'm telling him that I was in the United States Air Force. I even showed him my military ID. He wiped his ass with that. He didn't care. I'm a little nervous because I'm getting, you know, Frank, it was an hour and 20 minutes. About an hour in, I say to him, I said, could I ask? I go, have you found anything? He was allow me to do my job or said something like that. I said, this is pretty ridiculous. I've already told you I'm a member of the military. I go, I have nothing. Kept checking, checking. Finally, I'm talking about glove compartment left open. and, and uh, This guy purposely turned my stuff upside down. Then the smart ass comes to me and says, you know, well, I'm going to go ahead and give you a warning, he tells me, for what I did with the lanes. And I look up at him, and I said, no, no, you're writing me a ticket. He says, excuse me? I said, no, 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 no. You're writing me a ticket, sir, with all due respect. I go, I'm going to explain to you my thinking here. And you go with me and you accept it or don't accept it. And I'm not being disrespectful to you, sir. I go, but you've had me sit here for an hour, p- over an hour. And I keep telling you that there was nothing. And you, nothing convinced you to the other. You, you're, he goes, well, you were acting very nervous. I go, yeah, I got pulled over by a trooper. And I've basically been stripped shirts on the side of the road. I go, no, you're going to write me a ticket for what I did wrong because I want to go to court, and I want to explain in front of a judge why you were allowed to do this, because this is unbelievable. Please do me a favor and write me the ticket right now, sir. I don't mean any disrespect, but if I did something wrong, I deserve to have to, have to pay a ticket or go to court to fight it, and that's what I want. Give me a second. He goes back to his car, he comes back, hands me my insurance and my license, he goes, have a nice day. No ticket. No ticket, but he walks away, and guess what I have everywhere? All my stuff around
0: Outside the car. Mm-hmm. Oh.
4: So, I got over it. I didn't sit in the corner and cry, but I, I, that pales in comparison to the confrontations that we are seeing protests. Yeah, yeah. Protested. But from an introspect standpoint, I can't tell you if it was my complex, but something had him off. And there's no doubt he didn't like the way I looked. He didn't treat me like he he was not friendly to me. He was not, thank you for your military. None of that. He thought I was some sort of hood.
0: Well, I had a similar experience in Gainesville. We got pulled over after a game, and we got pretty much we got a ticket for being Hurricane fans. (laughs) Pretty much. Why are you assuming that, Frank? Because when the guy gave us a ticket and he said, have a nice day, he said, go Gators. That's a
4: dumb thing to say.
0: You know, so what I'm trying to
4: offer here is that that's not that, but from that's not it's not a big leap from what I went through.
0: No, I under, to I, what's
4: I, being of course what's being discussed, what's being protested. So I've decided to just take perspective, take it from a you know from a standpoint of where I've taken it. I will continue to speak up. That's why I read this, uh, but there's a lot of stuff to talk about on the show, a lot of things to go over. Um, one of the things I really want to talk about is our good friend, Jaime Gutierrez. Um, we saw him at radio row. Mm-hmm. He's a he said, I got a lot of projects. Uh, and, and the son of a gun didn't tell me that his project was what's going to be the newest documentary. It's an independent documentary called the asylum, which covers the glory years. Although there were many glory years at the Miami high stingery gym, gym, which is nicknamed the asylum. Um, in fact, I, I I was inspired to nickname our gym here at Slam by virtue of living what was the asylum, and if you remember, uh, a little cornily called it the Slammer, but whatever. We do good work in that in that gym, apparently, from what I understand. Mm. Uh, I don't know about these days, but back when I coached, I can only remember losing there once. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'll take a step back here. I am so thrilled that they did this. I regret, I didn't have enough clout to say, hey, I should have been in that at all. But it's such a cool perspective because there's so many people that are involved in that that I'm close to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one of them I call dad. <laughs> and then by default, the other one I said, too bad, you're my younger brother because your old man's my dad, which is his son who played on some of those Miami High teams. Um, you know, my, my relationships with the older Miami High teams, with guys like Jose Ramos and, and, you know, obviously our relationship with the guy we spoke to yesterday, Frank Martin, which don't be surprised if I replay his interview today during the show because he, he was phenomenal yesterday. Yeah, he was. Um, and if you missed it yesterday, you shouldn't have to miss it. We're going over our schedule here to see where we're at. Um, and I would love that. I tried to get Jaime to come on today. Jaime has been blown over by the response of. I figured, yeah. So he said, "Let me get my bearings." He promised me to be the first.
0: You know when it's going to be aired or how it's going to be. They're
4: settling everything. Okay. That's why he says, "Okay, if I get on the air, I got to start answering those questions, and I don't
0: have." Them. Got him. I got him. I, yeah, because when I looked at the at the post or whatever, that's the first thing immediately I went looking for and I couldn't see it.
4: They, this was supposed to be a tease. And look at what it's garnered. He didn't. I told him, I said, You should have known this was gonna happen. You had to figure. I go, and now you set a premise. Listen, where you can go back and do the teams before, right? So you can do Do they call those prequels? Is that your movie, guys? Is that what they call it? A prequel when the second movie. Goes before what happened yeah. the first movie, yeah. so like you can do a prequel documentary, because the years, the, the early years, the history of that, that, that storied high school. Let me tell you, only because it's infamy at a high, I would hang something Miami High related here if 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 I thought it was cool. I, I would get snarled at.
0: That's it. kind of blasphemous. Yes,
4: you can't do it, but that's how historic Miami High is. If I didn't have associations to two high schools, I would absolutely wear Miami High gear. Because if you remember, I always felt very tied to Miami High because, well, my cousins all lived in this area. They all went to Miami High. None of my cousins went to Coral Park. All of my cousins were Shenandoah kids. They went to Miami High. And I became enamored with two schools being from where I was from when I, when I first got here in 1980 uh, to Miami. One was a, a private school called Monsignor Pace High School, which is where... Uh, guys like uh, Jeter Downs went to went to high school. Also came here to slam, obviously. He came here for three years, believe it or not. He finished his career uh, at Pace. And Miami High, brother. Miami High's the other spot. And for a minute, I had my dad half convinced to let me go to Miami High.
0: My cousins went to Miami High.
4: And it was all about that. It, at the time, it was the 11 bus. And... You know, was my dad going to allow me to do that? And he just, he wasn't comfortable. Then he had friends that were telling him it was a, a bad place to go to school. There were a lot of fights and gangs. And it was a tougher school. But I wanted to go. Isn't that crazy? I wanted to go to Miami. So, like, literally I had a cousin, that you know, lived fifth, you know, down on 12th Avenue. He's like, we'll put his address, put our address. Like, I can go.
0: Let's well, do it. Your Miami High was like my Southridge. I wanted to go down south a little further. I wanted to go to the tough school. Yep. I, I wanted to go to Miami
4: High. And finally, they had to sit down and say, listen, you're not gonna go to Miami High, you're going go to Coral Park. I'm like, all right, I guess. I, it was, I, it was in my head, I wanted to go to Miami High. I had a cousin, I had two cousins that went to Miami High at the time, because my other cousins were older and had graduated. Forget about it, that's what I wanted. Anyway, um, so I'm excited about that project, that documentary, he will be on in the coming days. Um, it's a shame we've got what's going on with, with the COVID and, and, and our social distancing because that would be a better interview in studio. But we're not there yet, so we're going to conduct it either on the phone or on Zoom. Uh, I'm going to try to convince him to do it on Zoom, especially since he wants to have uh, his other producer on there. So I think, I think Zoom would be a great platform. I know we're, we're getting very inventive here with what we're doing and what we're giving you through our social media live platforms. Obviously, our partners at SiriusXM have been phenomenal and continue to be phenomenal. And we're excited on our continued relationship with them. And you can catch us on SiriusXM channel 145. The one thing we are absolutely, uh, without doubt, uh, going to move forward is with how technologically we are portray- portraying what's on this station. So in coming months, when kids have a weekly show in the station, they will there will be a podcast. For it that you can grab from one hub, am I correct, Frank?
0: That's correct. Should I
4: allow you to elaborate a little more, since that is in your realm? And, and you, even though I know exactly, I don't want to misspeak, but obviously we have started getting our podcasts broadcast on certain platforms like Spotify and others. Continue to explain, sir.
0: Yeah, we're in soft launch mode right now because right now we're le- we're allowing all the all the podcasts to kind of spread throughout all the formats. Uh, right now we're on Breaker, we're on Radio Plus, we're on Google Podcast, um, Spotify. Um, there's one more that I can't think of off the top of my head, but we're definitely growing that podcast community. And then when, like, uh, Amigo says, as all these students start getting their weekly shows, those will all be on there with logos and they'll be very accessible. So they'll be more accessible than what we've had them as of late, because as of right now, our podcast network sort of say was on Periscope.
4: Yes. That's pretty much what it was. Right. It was just a catalog of, of shows on, per- on Periscope.
0: And, and I know that's a little bit of a pain because you kind of have to have the phone on while it's playing in order, to, in order to listen to it. The plus of it was that obviously you get a video look of it. Uh, now you'll be able to just kind of ride with it. You'll be able to sit in your car. You'll be able to set your playlist. So you'll be able to listen to all, everything that we have going on here on Slam Radio through podcast mode.
4: Well, here's what I'm thinking. there's no way of vidcasting, huh?
0: Well, the vidcasting that we have right now is the Periscope. Is the Periscope. Yeah, because you can always go ahead later and you know that's why I told you we can assign some of the students to go ahead later and then we can have them queue up certain parts of the show then they can share those queue parts um, so then now there's different elements and different clips all over the place so it's slam radio all over. It's fantastic. Let's go to break. Come back from break.
4: We'll do more of the Keep It continue. A goal over a little more of what I think the asylum, I hope they capture, I hope they don't I do remember, you see, man, you get old, Frank. Don't you remember about a year ago, you were here. They had, before Jamel left Slam, Jamel Davila, they had Tuna, and they had one other person. They got him up in the gym, and they interviewed him, they had cameras, and Tuna was all proud. They doing a documentary on Miami High, and I thought he was full of crap. I really thought Tuna was, like, I was like, who's a documentary on Miami? who's done that? And then later that day, I saw my friend High, and he goes, oh, I'm doing some light. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't put it together. And I should have. Um, he actually, I knew he was there. for. I didn't put, it was his project. He, remember, he's a guy that's kind of low key. So he's never going to tell you, uh, oh, my project. Like, I'm going to say, yo, man, this is the one I'm doing. Like, he didn't even go there.
0: That was right before I doing was Doing some work hired. here, yeah. That was right before I was officially hired. How do you know it was right before? Because I remember you were kind of touring me around and showing me everything. I had never been to the gym before. And that was going on the day you... And that was the first time that you took me to the gym, and you're like, oh, look... Well, I mean, I had been to the gym to do a basketball game, but you showing me around the gym, that was And the first- that day when I showed you the gym, that was going on. That was going on. See, yeah.
4: I tried to convince the old man. He told me it was a year ago. I said, I think it was more like 18 yeah. months. Or. I don't remember this being a year ago. I go, this was longer than a year
0: ago. Yeah, because I had... I was. Uh, on top of the cameras, almost two years. All right, ago. so that's the reason why I remember was because on top of the cameras already being there, but me already being like awe because of the cameras. I was more in awe of the building and of the view. And now I don't even pay attention to the view anymore because it's there and we take a- we take advantage of the we view do. we have. We do. We do. But back when I w- that day that I was at that gym, yeah, I was totally in awe and looking out the window because of the view that we have. So that's how I remember. That's when it was.
4: All right, let's go to break. I can't wait to keep it continuing talking about the asylum here in Miami. Oh, I can't wait. Can you imagine? Do we call the old man? The old man will go crazy if I call him. Oh, I want to put you on the show. We can't talk about yeah, We don't know. I mean, but but we can talk about the years.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can I'm
4: gonna call the old man see if he wants to come on. And if he's here, he'll come up. I know how he is. Will of course. Let him come up. Yeah, don't let him come up. Okay, if course. he's already in the building, they let him come up. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna hit him up. Let's go to the other side. That would be cool. When I say the old man, just you guys our patriarch here at Slam is a gentleman who was a part of eight state championships with Miami High eight he was uh he was shaky rodriguez's right hand man then he was frank martin's right hand man after he mentored frank martin he was the guy that says no nah, i don't want to be the head coach always you realize that right frank i believe frank played for tuna tuna got frank the opportunity to work with the team then taught him how to coach. They gave him the JV team. From there, everything fell into the place. He became the Miami High coach. He looked at Tuna like, "This is no, he goes, no, no. You're the Miami High coach. I'm here to help you." Tuna's outstanding. Pretty cool guy to call dad. Yep, I'm gonna see if he wants to come on. We're gonna go uh, go to break. Come back on the other the side, maybe. Yeah, it is the MPP. It's a T boy. Hi guys, the man. Let's see if he wants to come on other side uh we'll have a little fun talking about this new documentary the asylum see if a couple of these uh some of my young legends if they want to come on i don't know what the deal is here but uh let's see where we're at all right let's go to the other side you're listening to good morning amigos sirius xm 145 the one and only slam radio hey
2: look what i found
3: a radio radio slam radio sirius xm channel 145 this is Jorge, Game Bread, Masvidal, and you're listening to Slam Radio.
2: Rise and shine. Good morning to you. Get the hell up.
3: You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145.
4: Let me tell you something. I, I got to tell you. I have a group of kids that are pretty cool. Now, after I say this, three of them will pop off and go away. But we, I just gave them a speech. I said goodbye, right? I said, look, you're welcome to go ahead and sign off. You can stay if you want. Not one of them has moved. Those are my fans, bro. Is that- <laughs> I think if I invite somebody on in serious too much to say, hey, just go to another stand, they'll go, yeah, you know what? This guy's a clown. Let me change it.
0: You say that, and then it's funny because Araya starts laughing. She's like, oh, it's so true. It's so true.
4: So like even Araya's like, well, what are you talking about? And I said she's, she grimaced because it's not her favorite topic, right? And I'm like, well, we're going to be all over the place just making jokes. And I heard one of the voices, which, of course, is my son. He doesn't get tired. of me. well, I think this is more fun than anything else I'd be doing. And I was like, I, I tried to go, Lucas, is that you? Uh, <laughs> but they're still there. They haven't moved. They, they've been excused, and there they are. They're still there. I, I love them. Um, talking here on Good Morning Amigo. I, I was. You know what? I was just telling them how great group they are. Like, some of them are fantastic broadcasters, and they're getting better and better. Um, I can't wait to get out of Zoom mode and back into microphone in your face mode. Yes, sir. That's going to be really interesting. Um, because I think there's been a lot of growth in this. Like, I think we're not the typical class, but our class can. I might be able to prove that this experience
0: was like a blessing in disguise. Oh, it's tough to say that about I know, a, a, a worldwide pandemic. Hold on, but we're talking about our students now. But
4: but in, in, in what had to come out of them, listen, I had a lot more students step up than I did step down during this. That's the best way I can describe yes. it. Yes. Because some kids did a disappearing act. There's a couple of kids that, you know, and sometimes it's because they don't have the facilities to to house themselves to do the virtual learning. We tried to accommodate just about everybody. Maybe someone fell off. I don't know. But I had a lot more kids who were just semi-engaged all of a sudden become radio stars on Zoom because they weren't afraid to talk, which is weird, but whatever. I, I think we grew as a group. So I'm excited to get them in front of the mic again. Uh, you know, we we hear the youth every day at noon. I think next week we're going to move that one to 11, Frank.
0: That sounds like a great I idea. I think
4: that's what we're going to do starting Monday. That show's going to go on from 11 to noon. Um, and, and I just believe that if you work with people who are younger, let me get my thought process out. What you lose in an experience, you gain in drive, desire to win, uh, self-pride. Some things that in some industries become not just self-evident, but help you be better than if I were to take and try to, look, no knock on places like where I used to work, Frank, a few years ago, place that you attended for school that I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to be accused of saying something negative about them. Talking about schools like that get lost in transition is 33 year old dude goes in there and expects to walk out of there being, you know, having a media career. And you and I both know that that is very difficult dream to sell. Yes. Very few graduates from places like that come out and get a job like you do. You are one of their most successful graduates. So it's not a knock on the place because they do a good job of teaching you. They expose you to certain things that most places don't expose you to because one of the, one of the flaws is that radio and, and, and media, there aren't a lot of tech places that emulate what you see in the workplace. So God bless them for even trying, right? Well, they're in business, so it's not like they're providing some sort of benevolent service. They're in business to do this. Mm-hmm. I believe I've had better broadcasters at Slam Radio than anybody that I saw in those circles.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. Yes, there's better broadcasters here than people that I went to school with. I believe. I had to pull hair and ears to get people to join me on a radio show. And then once I had them in front of me on a microphone, I was like, oh man, I, maybe not.
4: In 10 years, we will have multiple individuals who are better, who came through these walls that are better at doing what you do than you do now and better at doing what I do than I do now.
0: Facts. Facts. And it's not going to be one or two. It's going to be many. And I'm not even going to be heard about that. Well, I, this is my goal. Yeah, no, no
4: doubt. If I can't get anybody to be better than me, then I'm going to go sell ADP rate. again. That's my goal. <laughs> go call ADP and give me a job. I'm, I'm better off just doing that. My other goal is to entice young adults from, the, from South Florida to understand what we're doing here and that the word be spread and say, Listen, man. I'm going to be very candid. I don't want to paint a negative picture scholastically of slam because we have some great students on all levels. But our happy place is that student that can be scholastically misunderstood or lost in the shuffle in other places, but are full of talent that's untapped because these places swallow them up. You give me one of those kids, I guarantee you I make I'll make somebody either a productive speaker or someone who's going to want to engage in this career moving forward. Because that's my only goal. I'm not trying to get radio stars. I'm trying to get people to become more confident. How cool was it to run into Fabiola the other day as she drove with her brother? As her brother is a Class of 2020
0: guy, I didn't even recognize her. And she had to point her out to me. And I still looked at her and I was like, that's "Is not that right.
4: a different human being than the one who was here 12 months ago?" 100 so you
0: know, yes, full of confidence. Proud had of herself. you ever heard her speak the way she talks? No, like, because she would always mumble. She wasn't mumbling when I saw her a couple weeks ago. One of the most, this
4: one of the, I, I, she knows how I feel. I every so often I remind her, how, what I see with her warms me. I refuse to take maximum, majority. I, I, I want to stand back and just be marvelled by it. And I think that that's better than anything else, I can do. Um, yeah, buddy. Because she was already a very talented young lady. There's nothing I did, but watching her develop her voice and know that I could have assisted a little bit. Be one of the springs in the springboard that got her there. People like Amario Diaz. Well, I mean, hold on. But were, we're mentors to her and Larry Cole and others in this building. So I, I just I, I marvel at that, and that's the. I think those are the results we can see here. We have our own. We have Brianna Torres. I'm sorry, Brianna Torres. To me, is a success
0: story. When you told me that Fabiola was going to be doing a speech last year for graduation, I looked at you, you and cringed. I was a little worried. I was a little worried. <laughs> a cringed. little concerned because I mean, I'm. I listened to all the projects and I listened to all the, the things. And I was concerned because she's not necessarily the most vocal person in the world. But what she did on stage, Wasn't was she turned into an entertainer. I never, I, I looked at you. I go, is this for real? I was with my jaw on the floor. Uh, really?
4: Like, is this really happening? I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So I, 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 this is why I believe in what we do. I sidetracked. I'm not talking the asylum right now. I'm talking about our students right now. And I see them here, and, and for some of them, I don't see. I guess they don't have morning faces for me. But that's okay because radio can at times just be an auditory means. I have some studs, man. I have some real cool kids. Um, I've never in my life wanted to be around other people's kids. I always say that. Um, I was like hanging out with people my age or older. Always. Even when I was a kid, I want to hang out with kids. Strange, huh? Mm-hmm. These kids, I always want them around. I agree. I'm only, I'm not going to get into the semantics of it, but you know that my request here is, like, give me more, don't give me less. Mm-hmm. Spread it out so I have more or more touch than, than pile and rest, pile and rest. I think you know what I'm talking about. Nobody else knows what I'm talking about. I, like, have them rolling through here the seven hours of school. From, from 6.30 to 3.30, I want them rolling through here. Doing things for the station. That's what I, I need walk it in and out. I need that door. I need that. I need to replace the hinges of that door every three months. That's what I want. I want them in and out of here, not hanging out, working. And that gets contagious when you have the right group of kids and you see what they're doing. Kids just lounging—that doesn't promote anything other than more lounging. Yo, we got to get to work. We got to get this done. And they're all—they all empower themselves. Look at this. They were told to walk out of class (laughs) 10 minutes ago they're still here. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. And for any of my students who would be listening right now, which they may not be, because they're busy in other classes, or some of my seniors listen, I know that. Um, This is what makes my job so incredibly fulfilling, is knowing that I get to you that much. The biggest problem in Generation Gaps has always been my dad doesn't understand me. They're too old to get us. Like that's forever. That's gone on for generations. I always said I was not gonna be that dorky cool dad. Oh, hated seeing those dads that wanted to be the cool dad. Hated it. I'd make fun of it. Part of the reason I was never too like. But remember, I became a dad a little bit older. Like you know, have. It morphed into that because the kids sort of made me that. As my daughter got into high school, her friends just would do things because they just thought I was, you know, the, the funniest and quirkiest old dude they'd ever met. And so I don't paint myself as an old guy. I'm not old, but, you know, old to them, right? I'm certainly not old. Um, and it just started taking its own form. I've always said that, like, had I not had those experiences prior to this, I may not have been able to do this as well as I have, but... These kids, I constantly tell anybody who's old enough to drink and old enough to listen, you got to see my kids. I don't know if it's what you and I do, Frank. I don't know if I just have a group of kids from a place where they're tougher, their skin's tougher, their heart's bigger, their drive is stronger because they got stuff, and they deal with stuff and dealt with stuff that other kids don't. Mm -hmm. No offense to the kids. I'm not calling them silver spooners. But I'm not going to name a school either because I'll be offending them. But, you know, there's schools west of here. Hey, come on. There's one school in particular. It's like 60 70% of these kids that are, like, going to top-notch universities. Like, that's not what we got here. We graduate everybody. We put kids that probably would have never had a chance. We put them in the position to win and put them in that chance and put them in university. We do great work in our scope, in our space. So when I tell you I've got the best kids... It's because it proves that you can take them, and I'm not used to calling them kids. I'm, I love calling them young adults. But I'm trying to create a visual here. You take these kids and you help them grow up, man. And you give them a, you offer a perspective. And there's other adults in this building that offer different perspectives. And, and they appreciate the ones that are real. Not the ones that live through the grade book. That's not what they, they don't care about that crap. You give them love and respect, and they earn a C, and you give them a C, they love you more than if you're just handing out grades and not teaching them anything. They don't care about that stuff. They care about you. They care about me. You went to go be a dad as your wife gave birth a few months ago. This place, they were lost. <laughs> they were lost. And how I many times you told me, if I'm not here for two hours, they're like, where's Larry? Where's me like So... It's loyalty. It's who they are. It's in their DNA. I never overstate it. Mm-hmm. They're awesome, man. They are the reason. I never in a trillion years thought I'd feel this way. They make it awesome every day to wake up and do what I got to do. The grown-ups don't like me. They can kiss my ass. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. And grown-ups outside this building, inside this building, no me importa tres pipis. I don't care. You like me, great. You don't like me, great.
1: <laughs>
4: Shh, loud and clear. Loud and clear. I've always been like that, Frank. That's not an, an epiphany of any sort.
0: No, I've been the same way.
4: I'm very cut and dry about stuff like that. And these kids get that. That's their language of loyalty. M- Notice the, the M.O. with them has been, I don't, Not never a major problem, but you always have something that happens with them, and you prove to be resourceful and loyal to them, and then you win them over.
0: Yes, it
4: all it invariably happens with each and every one of them. I always look. When's that opportunity? When's that door gonna open for me? Some kids it's harder than others. (sighs) Kid, one of our seniors, Emilio Fernandes, that was always tough. But I knew I got to him. And the day I saw his mom, I said, él siempre habla de ti. That's it. He always talks about you. Really? That guy sat here for three years and made me wonder if he, like, I'm like, why does he keep signing up for the class if he doesn't like me? Like, remember? He's yeah. I, go, I don't understand why. Yeah. It seemed like he just can't stand me, and he can, but this is his third year? And it took me to almost the last moment to figure out he thought I was a pretty cool dude. Siempre habla de ti, me dice. <laughs> so that's what keeps my engine revved. Because when's the door going to open? Sometimes the door open, you walked in, and you didn't even know it, like with a meal. Look at, look at how Jacob responded to us. To this day, Jacob calls me coach. I never coached him a day in anything. I was a teacher for two years. He calls me coach. What is, but, but the reason I smile at him doing that is because it offers a perspective to me of how he sees me. I've been a life coach to him. I've been more than just a guy that gave him grades in a radio class. Yeah, Yeah, man, that, that stuff means the world to me. Anthony, I spend every waking moment with him.
0: Yeah, but then you have... Stu- we sleep
4: in the same house, and that's my dude, and we know that. But I'm talking about the other
0: kids. Then you have students that tell us that the only reason why they come to school is for radio, <laughs> and other students that... They're th- pretty much going to quit school, but then they found radio, and then they, 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 they never really missed that many days after that. They uh, missed a couple, but... You know, but for the most part, like, that's, that makes me feel good. Frank, it's pretty attendance
4: cool. is an issue in a school like this. Yes. Kids, the, the perfect attendance thing is not something that rolls around. And I'm not making a generalization, but but a typical situation could be one of our students has two or multiple siblings, let's just say, in a home where they may or may not have an intact family situation, where one of those siblings gets sick. A parent has to take a day off from work, and everything trickles down. What do you think happens? The 15, the 16-year-old like, kids stay home. I stay home, has no choice. Doesn't have a ride and or needs to stay home for other reasons. Right. That happens to, nobody thinks of that perspective. When I was that age, I never had to worry about taking care of anybody. I went to school went well. home. I mean, I had great attendance as a kid. I rarely missed, except when I was six, skipping final period. And my final responsibilities
0: period. of taking care of my brother were after school because we both went to school.
4: So they are challenged with so many things. And they always... The reason they, to me, are a cut above the rest is because they seem to always persevere. Like, does it not always seem like Slam does something and they do it a little better than somebody else? Yes. Right? Maybe not in the terms of scholastic, because that's never judged, but in
0: public eye, when you go to the news and you see other people doing things, and then—and not even so much Slam, Academica. I think it happened this week, because all of a sudden, all over the place, I saw so many parades for graduation, and I'm like, hmm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wonder where we saw that.
4: <laughs> Dude, the school down south that did the jet
0: skis. Come on. That was kick-ass.
4: Come on, man. That's, that's a home run by our brothers and sisters at Academica, which, by the way, Academica
0: rocks. That was kick-ass.
4: Shout-out to Academica. There we go. Hold on a second. Uh, Shout-out. Shout-out to Academica, baby. Seriously. That is, I applaud their efforts. I applaud what they do. No one ever in the history of the world has been perfect. Um, These people strive for that. They do such a great job. They think outside the box. They understand within each school what the dynamics of the school is, what the personality of the school is, what jives, what doesn't jive, how you can do that with so many schools in so many places. I am floored and I did, when they did the jet ski thing, I said, this, you gotta, this is an academic, this is why I'm proud to be part of that Academica family. But in theory, we are our own family at SLAM in a partnership with academic. Like, Academica really take schools and, and, you know, listen, one of their babies is Doral. Doral's
0: unbelievable. Unbelievable.
4: Doral is absolutely, you can put the applause for Doral. Doral is unfreaking believable
0: Straight up. It looks like a university.
4: It's unbelievable. Yeah. Shout out to the Doral Broncos. They are unfreaking believable. No, they're not the Broncos. They're the Firebirds. Firebirds. Sorry, Firebirds. I apologize. So when you see that you can move one of these kids and help them, that becomes very satisfying. And I think that's what's happened with you and I. That's what's happened with them. And they've they've in turn given us their loyalty. Half hour and look, they're still there. I want you to understand well, I gotta do the attendance, I guess, but it's it was an attendance meeting to dip.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Our school our our department attendance meeting lasted three minutes., yes. okay. Their grades are already final and sealed. There's nothing about a grade here. I thanked them from the bottom of my heart, invited them to stay, but they didn't have to.
0: Well, they want to make sure that they, they look good for next year when they come No man, say, hey, rock Oh, man. Hey,
4: remember, I was there for you. They're rock stars. Bro. That's <laughs> the stuff. Plus, they're not dumb. They're like, no, those are the little things we do for the old man, and he gets, he gets happy with us, bro. Uh, brownie points, dog. <laughs> I don't care. Good. It's a good strategy to do because it just it, yes. it warms my heart to think that you guys feel that way. How many side notes have I received from people? Like, Emilian, thanks for always this, this, that, and that. I yeah. can't wait till next year. It's not even my, like, remember the senior thing's come and gone now, right? Now it's the ones that are still here that are hitting me up, thanking Mm me. They're so excited that they can't believe, and it's cool. It's it's a cool dynamic. It's cool to feel that way, and it's cool to have them on our team, man. It really is. Sang their praises. That was good. Still need sports to come back, Frank. Yes. Mm -hmm. We need sports back.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah, looks like. looks like it's uh, something that might happen though.
0: But are the is, are the owners being petty with the with the, with ball players now, trying to uh, trying to kind of say let's do have a shorter season because since they've already agreed that they're only getting paid for the games they want to get paid, so this is kind of a way for the owners to give those players the pay cut. Um. Yes and no, Frank. Here's why,
4: man. I think everybody's just trying to get a season, and it's a lot of loot involved in not getting a season. That
0: so, if we're trying to get a season, and then why are we still going back and forth with money and how many games and all this stuff? Because it's apparent to me that the players don't care about having a season. The players just care about getting paid. Correct. I could I could see that. Yes. But the but the players aren't seeing it from the same from the same. From the same spectrum that the owners are seeing it, how are the owners? How are the players expecting to get paid if the owners are necessarily pulling in the revenue that they're used to pulling in? That's my point. Right. So the players Why are, they are being short sighted. They're being a little, being a little bit diva ish. So now the co- the owners, I think the owners are starting to see this, and they're like, "All right, you guys are going to be that way. Fine, let's do like a fifty game season. That way, we only have to pay you for fifty games. <laughs> how do you like them happening? You know what they did? They went ahead and the, and the players' association. Submitted a proposal
4: for 114 games. Yeah, they yes. want more games. <laughs> yes. Let's go, bro. But I've said this a thousand times, and I totally get it. Like We had, I think, Flock will tell us. Remember, they have a certain lifestyle. It's like anything else. Like You and I make X like amount of dollars. our, I don't want to call it what I call it normally, but our overhead, <laughs> rather than calling it the three-letter word. <laughs> our overhead is different than when you make more money. If all of a sudden our our, our If our salary tripled, I don't think our overhead would stay the same. Do you? No. We'd have a tendency to put a little more into our overhead. You know, maybe improve our car, do some things in the house, whatever. Whatever. Point being, I get that dynamic. But you're risking not getting anything, period. Yes. So why not play,
0: reinvest in the game that's giving you? Plus, you're doing a lot less because there's less games. There's less travel. There's, it's. It's not like you're you're expected to do the same amount of work that you're that you're doing on a 162 game season.
4: Frank, you you get a guy who's an eight year veteran. Like let's let's take an example. Let's use, let let's be smart in, in what we figure out here. Let's use somebody who is obviously, you know, been in the game for a few years, and has a very good salary, right? Bryce Harper. So he hasn't vocally complained about the deal. I want to get somebody who's been a little more vocal about it. Who was the guy that was complaining about the deal that said he wasn't going to do it? I
0: think Trout was one of the guys. Did Trout complain? Can you verify that? I know Trout was complaining about how the family was going to be and they're going to be put under quarantine or whatever. I'll look for it.
4: Look for it real quick because I want to do this right now before we go to break, if you don't mind. Because here's my point. Who was the guy? There was a guy who was very vocal a couple of weeks ago said he was not going to give up money to play. I don't remember his name for the life of
0: God. I don't remember his name right now. Mike Kruko? Kruko? That's an
4: old pitcher from the 80s.
0: Well, six days ago, he was complaining about uh, the the, the player negotiations. That's why I asked.
4: Mike Kruko. Yeah, that guy pitched in the 70s and 80s. I don't know why he would make a comment about that, but, no, that's not him. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to look for it because I, it's, gosh.
0: Well, there's a headline here. I obviously have to go through the story, but it says Blake Snell and Bryce. That's Harper the are guy. First kind of coronavirus crybabies. Oh, so Bryce has apparently cried. apparently so. I'm gonna go through this article. Oh, now.
4: Bryce has cried. Isn't that a humdinger? Because it was Blake Snell was the guy I was talking about. That was the cat I was talking about. He's a left-handed pitcher for Tampa Bay. Um. That's the cat that I was really alluding to. Um, So, career to date, that man has made $8.7 million in baseball.
0: Bryce Harper said he ain't, well, about what Snell said. He ain't lying. He's speaking the truth, bro. Uh, I ain't mad at him. Somebody's got to say it. At least he manned up and said it. Good for him. I love Snell. The guy's a beast. One of the best lefties in the game
4: one of the best lefties in the game had only made a million dollars over the course of 2 years going into the season and this season he was scheduled to make 7.6 million dollars so his position is I was getting ready to get my payday and this crap happened right yeah so if you only made 500 plus 1000 dollars each of the last 2 years and they're putting a program together which allow me to figure out salary hold on salary tears MLB 2020 let's see if I can figure this out based on the proposal it looks as if if uh, if you were scheduled to make somewhere around 10 million you would get 2.95 million. If you're scheduled to make 5 million, million, get about 1.6 million. So somewhere between 1.6 and 2.9. If you're at $7 million, Blake's now, $7.6 million. You're right in between. So that tells me that give or take, my simple math tells me in this deal, you would probably make a little over $2 million to play the game. Twice as much as you've made collectively in the last 24 months of work. You'll make that in three or four months. And you're complaining? Here's the beautiful part of why I'm upset at a guy like Blake Snell.
0: He was projected to make seven, I believe.
4: 7.6 million he was projected to make. My issue isn't so much that is that next year it's 11.1 million and it keeps going up 13.1 million in 22 and 16.6 million in 23. He needs baseball to continue in order to get those 40 mil over the next three years. The guy who's made one mil over the last two years. So he's been here, and he's on the cusp of being here. And there's something in between that's keeping him from it. And he's bitching and moaning about what he's going to get paid this year?
0: The angle I think he's taking is that he's afraid that he's going to get hurt or something's going to happen, and if that's so, and he doesn't get paid this year, then there's no value in his name anymore. That's what he's concerned about. But he's being extremely selfish is what I'm trying to say.
4: Doesn't everyone risk injury every time they go to play? Isn't that the worst excuse for anyone to use? You're not playing football in your senior year of college and afraid of ruining that contract. Ask Mel Bratton about that. He was playing for a national championship. He left it on the field in the second half. After at halftime, he gave
0: a speech in the locker room. I don't even know if you've read Snell's quotes, but he said, for me to take a pick because it's not happening because of the risk is through the roof. Um, it's a shorter season, less pay. No, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay? And that's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry, you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher, and the amount of money I'm making is way lower. Why would I think about doing that? Because you play baseball for a reason.
4: Because it's a game. Uh, yeah. and, a lot, and a lot of times when you're a small business owner, you don't have choices when you take losses. And trust me, Blake Snell, that there's not many small businesses in America that make eight figures. After you pay the bills.
0: And then he says that um, I think the media kind of hypes up the coronavirus. If they want to look out for our health, that's cool, but I'm not too worried about it. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Either way, it's meant to be. So this is,
4: he's one of those guys then? Yes. He's one of those guys. And then the other idiot, which I've told you guys he's an idiot, proved that he's an idiot by what he said, right? And he thinks he's preaching, right?
0: Because he backed up everything that Snell said. Mm. Interesting. And this is the same guy that was butthurt because the Nationals didn't want to offer him the three hundred mil, mm-hmm. or only offered him three hundred. Again,
4: apparently it's all about money with that dude. So up till now, that dude's made almost eighty. Well, I'd say eighty-seven million, but twenty-seven million he didn't make this year. So he was scheduled to make twenty-seven mil this year, which puts him. Question: Did he even play se- on game game this year? Hold on, Anthony. It, which which means is going into this season, Bryce Harper had made sixty million dollars. In baseball. He was scheduled to make 27 million this year and has potential future earnings somewhere in the area of 260 to 290 million dollars. Which you can use trumps, you can use dwarfs, you can use blows away, you can use whatever adjective or adverb or whatever you want to do to describe it. The bottom line is he too, at a much higher level, is at the same cusp where Blake Snell is. And his $27 Frank, this year would be a pay cut of sorts because he would only make about $6.5 So he'd lose $21 million in the deal so that he could make $270 million of his guaranteed money over the next 10 years. I don't know what Blake Snell's contract situation is, but isn't a lot of baseball money guaranteed? So I don't know what he's talking about. I'm a little confused unless he's in a contract sorts, But you can't be if the next three years are mapped out. It's not a you're contract. scheduled to make $40 million over the next three years. That means you're under contract. Does your, I mean, I don't know. Baseball has contract clauses that allow them to say goodbye to you because you got injured. Isn't the money in baseball
0: guaranteed? I think uh, money in baseball is guaranteed. I believe it is.
4: I'd love to talk to someone who knows. Someone who covers baseball better than I do. This is ridiculous. All right, we're going to go to break. Talk about being all over the map. Started talking about my students, ended up talking about Major League Baseball. We'll keep it Continue on the other side. Good morning, amigo. Sirius XM 145.
2: Hey, look what I
3: found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. This is Melvin Gordon, and you're listening to Slam Radio. You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145. So um,
4: am I being selfish about Major League Baseball players, as we got into earlier in the show? Like, is it easy for me to talk about somebody else's money? I just feel like,
0: you but know. But at the same time, it's hard to look to see how much the money get paid and then stand here and be like, bro, stop. Like, it's, it's hard to sit here and try to reason with you why you need to get paid so much extra money. Like, there's things well, that it's they not can not about do need. It's about
4: down. It's not about need. So uh, what I'm trying to figure out, they prorate it, but is it the proposal, is there not a plan to pay the difference off in the back? Or am I, am I just imagining
0: this? I believe that's what I understood with that. That later on, they'll be compensated as seasons go on. But they just have to get through the season.
4: Yeah, I, I've got to. That's why we need to get somebody on here who understands this. let to see if I do an 11th hour. Bat signal. Request bat signal. Who, who really gets this? Who can I get on here that really, really understands this from a baseball standpoint?
0: This just coming in, different sports, not trying to bring down the mood of the the show, but Hall of Famer and former Washington Bullets player and coach Wes Unseld Unseld, has passed away. Damn, Wes Unseld. 74 years old this morning. 74.
4: Rest in uh, rest in power, Wes. Damn, that sort of sucks. I just, I, 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 man, I just have a different view of things. So look, they they gave they gave examples here. Garrett Cole' full season salary is $36 million, and 82 game prorated salary is eighteen point two million. Sliding scale salary would put him at $8.06 million, with a total reduction of almost 78% of his salary. Yeah, okay, so I do see sort of the problem. Yeah, no one's talking about paying him back on the back end. Nobody is? No, nah, this is a pay cut. And some revenue is better than no revenue, which is, is my p- position. Although with tens of millions losing their jobs across the country, MLB cancelling a season over money would do incalculable damage to the sport. It would make the 94-95 work stoppage look like child's play.
0: Oh, my God.
4: 100% correct, by
0: the way. Really? Yeah. I, I I couldn't agree more. Why is that?
4: Brother, because there's some selfishness in this, man. No one's asking them to work for $15 an hour, guys. Like, let's be really honest here. I, I get that there's a risk to everything. No one's asking him to throw on two days rest. Like, they're not going to do things differently. They're going to play less games. They're getting, a, they're getting cut. There's no doubt, but they're trying to survive it because the owners aren't getting the same thing revenues they normally get. Now, they expect that next year they'll get those revenues. They're not asking you to cut next year's salary. Next year they're going to bite the bullet and do it. But what do you think is going on
0: here? Okay, you're on the same side as I am. I thought that maybe you meant, like, a different way. No.
4: Now the Major League Baseball Players Association wants 114 games. Ah, ahora, ¿verdad? Que lindo. Some salary advances to these guys. That I don't, I don't, I'm fine with that. Would you be okay with that? I'll be fine. They've been yeah they've been struggling given mean, their salary event. that I don't think is a problem I don't, I don't think I'd, I'd have a problem to. with that that's not a deal breaker for me. The article continues here on MLB.com or CBS Sports. I'm sorry. dot com. As a baseball fan, it's easy to be discouraged by Tuesday's proposal because it makes baseball seem so far away. And truth be told, this is maybe the most important week of labor talks since 1995. At the same time, MLB and MLBPA were never going to agree on the initial proposal. What happens next is far more important than what happened Tuesday. Meaning, there's going to be a negotiation to this. And if you find a happy ground, you got to play baseball, man. I don't, man, you know, I know it's not my money. It's easy for me to say. But look, they they take a guy who is. Minimum wage, Kyle Higashioka. 82 game prorated salary is 294K. Sliding scale salary is 269K. So he gets reduced over half of his salary. That impacts him a great deal. But he's still at 269 and comes back next year to play ball. Gary Sanchez is scheduled to make 5 mil. 82 game prorate is 2.53 mil. Sliding scale puts him at 1.6 mil. Instead of $5 he makes $1.6 mil. Everybody's getting it. Everybody's getting whacked in the ankles. I got it. I understand. But I think there's a lot to be said for the importance of getting the game going again. I'm, I'm troubled with the position that they've taken. And a guy like Blake Snell and the position that he takes. I, I'm troubled with that. There's an article on ESPN.com, uh, I believe it's Jesse Rogers that does it, where he's basically and clearly talking about <clears throat> uh, salary deferrals, fewer games. Somewhere in between there, major league players and owners can find a happy ground and survive this. I think what's really here is they don't understand what's at stake. They're not understanding what's at risk. You you you've got to find a happy medium. You do, and I understand. I got it. I you got to keep doing. You got to keep doing business as usual. And one of the things that falls into place with that is, as much as it hurts, you've got to try to just handle um, handle your business as best as possible to keep moving the chain. But
0: there's no common ground between both of them. It's to, The negotiations are super far-fetched and they're asking for, uh, for things that the other side isn't necessarily wanting to comprehend on or compromise on. They want to get paid for the, 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 the decision and the agreement was made back in March that they're going to get paid for the amount of games that they want to get paid. So the 82-game season was thrown out. Their players came back saying, no, 114.
4: In other news, a federal judge has dismissed the lawsuit in which two former University of Maryland men's basketball players accused makers of the Fortnite video game of misappropriating a dance move that the ex-teammates popularized. Did you know this? Can you repeat that? Were you aware of this? Aware of what? A federal judge has dismissed the lawsuit, a lawsuit I had no idea even existed, in which two former University of Maryland men's basketball players accused makers of Fortnite of misappropriating a dance move that the ex-teammates popularized. U.S. District Judge Paul Grimm in Maryland ruled Friday that the Copyright Act preempts claims that Jared Nickens and Jalen Brantley filed in February of 2019 against Epic Games, the creator of the wildly popular online shooting game. Nickens and Brantley claimed that the Cary, North Carolina-based company misappropriated their identities by digitally copying the Running Man challenge dance that they performed in social media videos and on the Ellen DeGeneres Show in 2016.
0: First of all, it's not a Running Man. That's the guy like on a seizure, pretending like he's running. Because that was the most weird, and uh, that was the dumbest dance move I've ever seen in my entire life, to a song that came out in like 1991. And I, I'm glad this got dismissed because this proves that people just trying to sue people for anything nowadays. Trying to make the big buck. The basketball dreams didn't work out, so let's try to just make some bucks on the other side. <sighs> they try to popularize it as the new running man. Bro, that was not a running man, I was a shuffle man. The running man is the running man. That's it. There's, no run- there's one running man. But they're not the first
4: people to try to sue Epic Games. Apparently, Epic Games has a little bit of a history of this. Who else? So Brooklyn-based rapper 2 Millie and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air star Alfonso Ribeiro also have sued Epic Games over other dances depicted in that shooting game. Ribeiro dropped his lawsuit against Epic Games last year after the U.S. Copyright Office denied him a copyright for the Carlton dance that his character performed in the 1990 sitcom. Are you kidding? So he can't even copyright the dance that he made up? Sometimes you just got to do things and then do it right away. Unreal. So I bet you if he'd have filed for it back then, he would have got it.
0: Yeah, back then, it was a different time. People didn't necessarily think God, about copywriting and, and, and suing people for the, for the dumbest things in the world. Is that not awkward, though? It's a little awkward. But I don't know necessarily that, he, uh, that you can own rights to a certain dance. Make it up, you can. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to work when I get home. Then I'm gonna come up with a dance and copyright it. And send it to one of these rappers to make it popular. Like the Floss, the Floss was like, uh, I think it was called the Backpack Kid before or something like that. Remember the kid, the awkward Backpack Kid that showed up during the Super Bowl dancing behind? I think it was Katy Perry. I don't think I remember that, but okay. But you know what the Floss is, right? Yes. All right. That was his dance move. So I'm guessing that he went and got some, I, I, I guess he can go after Epic Games too unless, unless they copyrighted it.
4: So you know they're already looking at how the league's breakdown for basketball playoffs will be. I'm not sure how you do that.
0: They're doing some sort of tournament and then get in play and play, play yeah, in spot. Don't, I don't know. I don't get this.
4: I wish I understood the proposed because it's not asking questions. and then you, So we don't even know. It's just different people who have different opinions. And then which potential matchup would you like to see? Um,
0: Yeah, I don't. I hate the lack of information. Bro, at this point, just put the, the losses lack. where it is. Just X the season, and let's just go into the offseason, do the whole draft and all that, and get ready for 2020-2021. We're going to extend this, and it's going to go late. And then the 2021 season is going to go late. And before you know it, now we have a totally different schedule for basketball.
4: Oh, I don't agree with you there. Oh, I do. I think you got to play the playoffs. I love the idea of playing the playoffs.
0: <laughs> well, we got to get started, man, because before you know it, by the time the playoffs is over, it's time for the 2021 season. And when do you start that one? How you much time? Christmas, do you to and then it drags to when. You make it work. They've made it work before. That was a shortened season. Nah. Well, you do what you gotta do. You
4: don't think that the season should be shortened a little
0: bit? This season or the following season? No, just any season. It's called the uh, NBA. Season. Yeah, but they're not going to. It a lot. Seasons. We've been have, we've been going back and forth with this battle forever. Sixty four, so good. Oh my God. Sixty six, wasn't it that during the strike, the strike year? <laughs> 66 works.
4: There you go. 16 less games. It works perfect.
0: I like the 66-game season when they did it. I I didn't like the back-to-back-to-backs, but I guess they're fun as a fan. Got basketball every night.
4: Yep. All right, we'll come back from break. Um, Remember today at 12, you got the youth on. Uh, Those kids got great pipes and great perspective. I love... I love what they do on our station. love listening to their show. Um, I, uh, I'm looking forward to moving that show to 11 o'clock starting next week. So it'll come on right after us. I like the synergies of crosstalk. Um, that's, uh, that's exciting to see. But um, we'll have that on today as well. Uh, an exciting week of stuff for our seniors. Yeah, they got more stuff. <laughs> I have a meeting today. I have a parent meeting today. The parent of seniors, parents.
0: Oh, that's of seniors. right, because you're a senior parent. Yes, I am. So, so I they're pretty much going to tell you guys the news, whether you guys are going to be allowed to come to graduation I believe or not. that's
4: what's going to come up tonight. They're
0: going to break it up. Which year.
4: is beautiful because not for nothing, I've had a little bit of a subtle pressure at, at home because there's a notion that I know this and I'm keeping to myself. Oh my God. And we're not understanding that I really don't know it, that I have an idea of what might be going on, which I've shared. But I've said nothing could be further from the truth because it's not even that I've corroborated this. This is just a version or an idea that I see probably I'm not the only person had. So whatever. I have a funny feeling I'm right, but whatever. I am involved, though I'll be working my tail off. You, sir, um, you might be off the hook. Nice. You might be off. The, remember, we had talked about you needing to be there.
0: I, I think you're off the hook, right? Yeah, nice, now. but not nice. I'll like
4: find it. out tomorrow. I mean, the stuff with Richard, I'm, but I don't know that you're on the hook. I think you might be okay, which is fine, Frank. It's
0: you know. Well, the only bad thing is I won't be able to see them.
4: I will be working behind the scenes. I may not, so it won't be any cap and gown stuff. Like I might just be working like. With True Pixel, literally. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be working with them on it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what goes on. I find out everything between today and tomorrow. That's it. Now it's really ending. Now there. Every- <laughs> now we have a pig roast to plan. Yes. Uh, it was cool seeing, hearing K9 today on with us. We'll come back from here on the other side. Continue doing what we do till 11 o'clock right here on Good Morning Amigos. Sirius XM 145.
2: Look
3: what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145.
1: Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept
2: dribbling on it.
0: The dad (laughs) joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids.
2: What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son.
0: So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
2: plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. 180 over 111 and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk.
4: This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to
3: loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigos.
0: I remember going one time during my honeymoon. We did the whole entire um, Today Show, and I wanted to go. I wanted to come out on TV, and I got my wife up early, and we got there an hour and a half before the show started, and I'm like, this is going to be great. We're going to be the only ones there. We're going to come out on TV. We couldn't get anywhere near the cameras.
4: So I can't even make the subframe. Five years ago, we stayed right on Times Square. The marquee. You can see Good Morning Amigo from uh, Good Morning America from my... That's funny. (laughs) That's a promo.
3: Good Morning Amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. Meet Keith, loving dad, board game champ, bus driving pro. I drive 65,000 miles in my bus each year. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. Like how there are some things I simply can't see. On my route the other day, a car tried to sneak past me and ends up right in my blind spot. I turned slowly, so accident avoided. But no car should be in the blind spot a 40,000-pound bus. It's It's our roads. roads. It's It's our our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork.
2: Yeah, I can do this.
1: There's no failure, only opportunities, and there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know... You know that that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs in order for you to... When it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become
2: a reality. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable,
1: sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or
2: is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice.
0: And The mentors we have here like Frank Tank and Amigo make you love this amazing program
2: even more. There are very few words that can describe Sam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia family. We've been offered
1: so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to
2: Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my bag just like I got theirs.
0: I love being part of Slam Radio
1: yo sway calloway sway in the morning world famous wake up show mtv we worldwide welcome to slam radio this is where they get busy we are
2: back are you ready yeah here we go
3: you are listening to good morning amigo on sirius xm 145
4: director Anthony Milian reminding us that Wes Unseld is the only basketball player to win MVP and Rookie of the Year. I don't know why I thought Magic had done that. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a little... We'll see. All right, so... Coming down the final stretch here, sir... I have tried my best to talk sports, bro. I really have. We did some NBA. We did some Major League Baseball. We, you know, NFL. Is it going to start on time? I know they're starting to worry, right?
0: Yes. Well, I don't think NFL is worrying too much.
4: Did you hear that Gronk is no longer the uh, WWE? 24-7 24/ 7 champion
0: Well I figured they had to give that one up especially since he's going to have to go start working out with Tampa soon you think yeah I mean if he wouldn't have if he wouldn't have been going into the um, into the Bucks or whatever if he were have stay retired from the NFL then he would have probably stayed the champion for some time they would have they would have written him into the storyline of the show that they were already starting to write him into the storyline like that's the direction he thought he was going to go until Brady decided to move down south
4: mm-hmm So, do you know that r truth has been the most prolific holder of this title? How this long happened in the, this happened in the backyard he He was disguised himself as a handler, and what he was was the guy that was the former champion, and he just pinned him and ran away and Gronk is no longer the champion, oh gosh,
0: yeah, that's how that championship's going to be. It's gonna be one of those uh, come on w w e has done this before in the past they these gimmicky. Um, these gimmicky championships that you can just claw somebody in the back of the in the back in the back routes of the stage with a chair or something like that. Just have a referee with him, pin you, and then you get the and then you get the trophy. I think it was called the the hold barred championship or something like that, or the no holds barred championship. The, I think of it. It was something something crazy like that. Like they had a name, and it was like the the wild bunch. And then you can make a match anywhere as long as you had a referee with you. You were able to try to claim that championship.
4: Some news out of college football, I think you may have heard yesterday. Justin Ross will miss the 2020 season with a spinal issue. His career could be in jeopardy. He was diagnosed with a congenital fusion in his back. That's nuts. That is nuts. He suffered a stinger, or he thought was a stinger, during a scrimmage in the final practice. Next day, the doctors and x-rays revealed the issue. Something he's had since birth and was unaware of.
0: That's tough, man. And that's one of the prime receivers, right?
4: Yeah. He feels fine, but the doctors say he's at risk. He may not be able to play again. Yikes. Depends on how everything heals, whether he comes back to Clemson or not. I would come back to Clemson, obviously. He
0: was damn good, too. Yeah, he was damn good. Tough blow.
4: Well, hopefully he uh, he does well for himself and comes back uh, so he can go to the NFL and not come back to Clemson. UM needs as much help as possible. So. I just want him to make money. There's nothing that happened playing the game. That sucks. It's something he was born with. Just lucky he got, you know. Lucky it was it was seen, it was caught at the right time, let's just say. That's tough, man, that's tough. You spend your whole life,
0: you know. It is tough.
4: Doing what you do. So uh, that's a t- tough blow to the team, but a tough blow to him personally. The team would bounce back, they'll get another kid in there, but you know, it's not about who Trevor Lawrence is going to throw the rock to, but. Some college football news yesterday. Former Auburn head football coach Pat Dye died at the age of 80. Well, them years don't lie, Doug. So, of course, last week sometime ESPN um, did an article on the most controversial calls in college football history. (laughs) So, you know what the first...
0: Topic was right pass interference, yeah. 20 uh, 2003.
4: Mm-hmm. So, here you go. You want to hear some of the people who were in this consortium of opinions? There's actually two experts, Bill Connolly and Mark Schleyback. They discussed um, the pass interference penalty. So, I said, Clearly, I think it depends on which team you were rooting for that night. Ohio State fans probably think it was the most accurate penalty call of all time, while Miami fans are still cursing Porter's name to this day. Yep. Whether you believe it was right or wrong, there's no denying Porter took forever to throw the flag, which is what made the penalty so controversial. The line judge on the sideline looking directly at the play didn't throw a flag. Neither did Porter after the ball hit the ground. Fireworks fireworks went off. And Miami's players, coaches, and fans stormed the field in celebration. At least three or four seconds went by before Porter threw the flag. Porter said he waited to replay the play in his mind and wanted to make double sure it was the right call. Unfortunately for Miami, Porter was wrong. After going back and watching the play over and over again on YouTube, it sure looks like intended receiver Chris Campbell just dropped the ball. It wasn't a perfect throw from Krenzel, but the ball was catchable and went right through Gamble's arms. Sure, Sharp grabbed Gamble's jersey for a split second, but I don't think there was enough to alter the play. Sharp even turned his head around, which isn't required in college football. In a moment like that, a fourth down in overtime with a national championship on the line, I think an official should swallow his whistle. Both Gamble and Sharp had a right to the ball, and I don't think Sharp's contact was enough to alter the play. As Miami's defensive backs coach Mark Stoops, now Kentucky head coach, said after the game, there's not another official in the history of football that would have made that call. Interestingly, in 2007, Referee Magazine included Porter's decision among the 18 best calls in officiating history. The magazine said that Porter's call, courage was exemplary and that he did himself proud that night. Here's Connolly's response. Yeah, I mentioned last week I was okay with the call. It was within the range of both. It was fair to call or you didn't have to call it. But the pause made all the difference. You wait a beat, don't see a flag, and start to celebrate. It was one of the most spectacular teases the sport has ever seen, even if there was technically contact and it technically could have been called. Where does the call rank on your list of most controversial calls? So they asked him. Schleibach says, I might I think you might argue that it was the worst call of all time because of what was at stake. It cost Miami a second consecutive title and ended its 34-game winning streak. It was a call made on the last play of the sport's most important game. It doesn't get any bigger than that, but it was also a judgment call and not a miscarriage of the rule book. There have been more boneheaded officiating mistakes, Colorado's five downs in 1990, Nebraska's flea flicker against Missouri in 97, Oregon's onside kick against Oklahoma in 2006, and Central Michigan's extra down against Oklahoma State in 2016. But those were poor officiating calls made during regular season games. There wasn't as much at stake, as painful as they might have been for the losing side. Of course, these blunders did help Colorado and Nebraska keep their respective national championship winning seasons intact. Colorado's fifth down was probably the worst call because the officials on the field weren't even counting plays. Connolly, he says, and Charles Johnson did not score on fifth down either. So they go through this the reason i read it, they go two guys are analyzing this and they had a whole article about it right so frank how long do you think you and i need to analyze
0: this 30 seconds
4: right so to to call it a a, a horse manure call is an understatement uh-huh um i don't believe it's a both ways thing situation i think it's as clear as day um, that not only did any, which was marginal contact, happen after the fact. The play had already been blundered before then on, the, on behalf of the offensive player. The, play, the call bails out Chris Campbell on a play that he could have made and did not make. Um, but furthermore, there was enough defensive disruption that you could say that's what caused the play to not be made. The disruption happened before the contact. Contact happened after. Yes. There is no doubt. To the naked eye, that you watch that play, fast or slow, and at no point in time is there pass interference. Period. And that's all I have to say about that.
2: Hey, look what I
3: found A radio Radio. Slam Radio Sirius XM channel 145
2: I get it Your desk has been there for you Holding up your computer Your unused stapler And that plant you forgot to water But maybe it's time to leave your desk And spend your lunch break volunteering With Meals on Wheels Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m you win love your kids love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat from toddlers to tweens visit nhtsa.gov the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size keep them safe visit nhtsa.gov the right seat brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council text and work text and pretend to work text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working who me text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTexts A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigos. Can you
4: imagine it's like a congregation of big dogs? You have a Great Dane, you have a couple of pit bulls off to the side, you have some very, very big German shepherds, you know, just the bigger type of dogs, and they're hanging out, talking, slobbering over each other, doing what, what big dogs do. And a little chihuahua comes running through barking at all of them. And the big dogs just look at each other, look down at the Chihuahua, and then look at each other again like, is this dog for real? The Chihuahua is UCF.
3: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145.
2: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
1: There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know... You know that, that all they can do is learn. And come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this
0: opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station. Run inside a high school.
2: I've learned so much from Frank the Tank, I've learned so much from Danny's, from the Amigo. I've learned so much from them and I thank them so much and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community.
1: It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what.
2: It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one.
1: I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio and I'm thankful for the wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career.
3: You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM
0: 145. What's up, everyone? This is Tua Tungabailoa, and you're listening to Slam Radio.
3: How I love sports. 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 You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145.
4: segment of the program three o'clock today on our SiriusXM XM platform I believe we are uh, observing in solidarity Blackout Tuesday is going to be three minutes off one minute um, our understanding is one minute to reflect on the terrible history of racism one minute in observance of this tragic moment in time Final minute to hope for and demand A better future This will serve as a tribute Not only to George Floyd but to all Of the countless victims of racism This message came down from our Our meaning our SiriusXM CEO uh, Jim Meyer Um, So we are making sure we can Hacer eso If you know what I mean That's how we're gonna we're gonna roll through that. Interesting, huh?
0: Three PM, huh? Three PM, sir. All right, taken care of. Just give me the total green light.
4: Mm-hmm. Very interesting how Instagram has reacted to this.
0: Well, there's a big thing going on right now that they're saying don't use the hashtags uh, Black Lives Matter or BLM nope. because that's going to stop a lot of the stream of a lot of news going through today. And they understand the protest, but those hashtags should not be used. Correct. Like, I posted something up on Tuesday. on Tuesday. That's the only thing I put. That's it. Left it alone. My sister put the quote that you read this morning on, on the show. You like that quote, huh? A riot is a voice of the unheard? Mm-hmm. She posted the blackout picture with that.
4: It is amazing. Look, if you just start scrolling through Instagram, unbelievable. Anyway, so uh, it's tough times, brother. Tough times indeed. But uh, we move forward. We understand... uh, to overcome things, sometimes it's uh, it's difficult and interesting all at once. It might build a little character as well. Um, hmm. um, I think we should take his lead. If yes, the science on our platform is for three minutes. So yes, I'm going to. We have to wait on good old boss man. If the boss man says it's okay, then, uh, then we're good.
0: 10-4. So it's all. Everything's ready on my end. Just letting it. It's
4: on Dave Gorab. So we're, we're, we're trying to make sure we do it. The reason why we weren't just ready to do it is because this was something done uh, across our music platforms and officially slam radio is not considered a music platform. It's a talk radio platform, uh, in fact, I believe it's considered somewhat of a public access type of station as well. So, um, okay, so we will find out. I hope I hope I can say it, but it, it, one thing we'll have the well the folks on the youth say it if we know by then for sure. So, uh, I'd like to try to do it. I think it's a I think it's a nice homage. I think it's a nice. Still, so our way of
0: protesting,
4: Stand. right? It's not typical on radio to stay quiet for three minutes. That's a long. When time. We stay quiet for seven seconds. They call us, shut us down, put us on evergreen content, create an entire. It's a. It's a, It's a series of events. Seven seconds. So. We know that this is this is a big move. We just want to make sure it's the right thing to do or the right way to do it. I guess. Correct. Um. You know, we started earlier talking about the asylum, Frank. what i i'm just wondering what they were able to captivate in this in this documentary uh we're gonna have apparently a lot of good access to this in the coming days and weeks and uh i have a feeling this is gonna grow a little bit like i don't think this is gonna be a small project i think the small project is gonna become a big project because you know you have a couple of pros that came out of there you know um I believe Marcus Barnes played on those teams, Stevie Blake, Udonis Haslam. Um, but there's a storied history and a rich history to how it got to that point and continued. Uh, you have a guy like Frank Martin who played a big role in all of that. I, it's, maybe it's a centric Miami story, right? Maybe someone in Kansas doesn't think much of it. But it's, it's, I think it's a great story to tell. I think if you don't know, there's enough there to wow you and make it fun for you to watch. They were different. They were different. I often tell the story of that 89 team catching them. Um, They were 88, 89 is what they were. Uh, Catching those characters at one of those holiday tournaments in Orlando. And the after the game In the hotel Hanging out with the coaches And hanging out with Um My goodness uh, Great memory Great memory And Tuna was there And <laughs> Shaky was there And they told us Come on, stay with us Stay with us And I was chicken I, If I Had I known then What I know now I
0: would have stayed Yeah, hindsight's it's twenty twenty though you didn't know that. that I was
4: amongst Some legendary stuff going on there
0: Imagina the Um and I
4: had nowhere to be, which is the stupidest part of it all, because I really had nowhere to be. Um, it is what it is,
0: though. It is what it is.
4: <sighs> I can't wait to see what's up. Can't wait to see what's up.
0: Yeah, and the fact that the gym's gonna be spotlighted like crazy during that video because they we we talked about it before. One of the first times I ever walked into Slam, you were showing me the the gym. And they had the camera crew up there, so yeah, it's not about our gym, but the f- views that we have from those. Oh, I'm gyms thinking they're is, gonna have some of those to things.
4: Take. Are gonna be, yeah, that's gonna be interesting.
0: That's probably when Tuna came out on the on those interviews. That's that's probably what they uh, took advantage and they interviewed Tuna. Okay, I don't remember who else was here that day. I really don't remember. Gotcha. <sighs> Hard to
4: believe the school year's over, Frank.
0: I know, it's crazy. I have this. Uh, well, you said traffic's back, so traffic should kind of go down a little bit because, you know, usually the summertime is the time where you take advantage because there's not a lot of traffic.
4: <laughs> yes. Um, right. Yeah, I'm sad, bro. You know why, look? Because I, I, your I, daughter's
0: I, graduating. We get it. It's
4: not even that. I see this picture, and I remember this was the first day of school this picture was taken and it's my first day of high school son, my first day of or last uh, last year of high school daughter, Um, they couldn't be any happier. And... um, They won't let me change it. Like, I want to put something. uh, There's something... You know how on your save screens now, your, your, your lock screen, you can put, like, a video... Yeah, you can put a video running video on it. It's
0: weird. I don't know you can do that. Yes. I have a live picture on mine. So if you hold mine down, That's what it is. If you hold it down it Okay, yeah, okay.
4: But you can put a video in a live picture supposedly. There's a way to do it. Like make ready. like my son has a a Kobe mixtape on his.
0: Okay. So it's
4: it, so what I wanted is I wanted a, from my view, m- more or less from the other basket view, the view of the play of Ray Allen hitting the three. I wanted
0: that. Nice.
4: That's what I want for mine. So while we're going to get into production. We're going to look for it. When well, we found it. Then they were going to do the cutting for me to do it. My daughter's all upset. She's all pissed off. And I'm like, why are you getting mad? She goes, because I don't want you to change the picture you have on your lock screen.
0: So, yep. Should be cool. So how long are you going to leave that picture on there?
4: I don't know. And it might be a good day to go out of here early, bro.
0: You're going to make it to graduation on Friday. Zulie's going to be mad. <laughs> Zulie's going to be so mad. But, hey, come on, man. I told you yesterday. Look, at least she has one of her parents getting the support. Not all the students are going to be able to do that. But you know Zulie's going to be I learned. Uh, let's see
4: Which what happens. I- That's why I get made fun of a lot is I don't stop myself from crying. Um, I actually, you remember I've told you. For years, I, I've done a better job lately, my older part of my life, of really controlling my migraines. Um, but I, it's a combination of having a few sinus issues and just being a basket case in general. Um, I get migraines. And one of the quickest ways for me to get a migraine is to be amidst a, a, a crying, to about to cry and to hold it in. It creates a pressure for me that becomes a migraine pretty quick, so I'm trying not to cry. And I'm trying not to get a headache all at once, um, but that's fine. I really hope I can. Uh, I'm trying to stay on as long as possible to see if Mr. Gorab would get back to us so we could let everybody know. But we'll let him know. We'll invite you to listen to the youth at twelve noon. I know from by then I should know, and uh, I think it. It's. It's just the right thing to do. I hope he says it's okay. I will to give a shout out to K-9 today, bro. Kevin was the MVP today. Made me smile. It was so cool to just randomly say, you know what? I want to see my boys. I'm going to use him in the summer somehow. I got to get permission. Let me see if he's willing to do it an hour, once a week, I don't care, I just, you got people sometimes that you just jive with, that's one of those kids that I have that jive with, that's something I'll never get C.V. to do, right, C.V., nah, I'm busy, I'm tired, (laughs) this guy will do it gladly, I love C.V., I miss him, (laughs) all right, man, um, We got some sound bites I need you to cut for me. Can we do that? I'm supposed to have like an eleven fifteen meeting of some sort, but I'll get on there, I guess. All right. So this is uh, we we did it as lighthearted as possible. I'm not yelling into a microphone these days. I think I'm past this already. Um. I'll tell you what, we got our hands full with our new station manager, though. 1056, I'm signing off. She's texting me. Remember, you have a meeting at (laughs) (laughs) 1115. She's worse than my daughter.
0: (laughs) It appears we have a meeting tomorrow at 11.
4: Is that the virtual sign-off for the faculty? Yes. How do you have a virtual sign-off? That's another tough one for me too. All right, we gotta get in summer mode, you and I, because really tomorrow is the last time we engage with
0: students. Also, oh, start coming to the studio with my swimsuit and my and my towel. Are we going to the beach?
4: I don't know about it, the beach. Oh, the, the beach is closed. The beach is closed <laughs> again. No I beach can't. for you. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get in summer mode. we do summer cleaning around here. There's A lot of stuff's going to go on in the next few weeks, you and I. Last year, I let you off the hook a little bit because I took it easy. I think this year. <laughs> uh, get ready, bro. We
0: it's got like work Polar. to do. <laughs> what are you told me? You told me you were going to take it easy on me during the summer. It's the summer. You work your ass off. I'm going to give you your time. We are going to have time, but when we're here, we're going to work our ass off. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I got PTO.
4: You do you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got some cleaning up to do here, bro. That's all. But we'll be all right, man. I want ready to be ready to rock and roll. All right. That's my cue. I'm off like a dirty shirt. See ya.